Hey there. Welcome to the Pine Island Experience Podcast. I'm Joanna Anderson with my husband, Trigby. Each of our episodes will be conversations with fellow Pine Islanders. The goal of our podcast is to share with you our experiences, what we have found to be fun, and what makes the Pine Island Experience so unique. Long story short, we love what we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we do have fun. Yeah, it's stressful, but you know, we we're it's it's awesome that him and I just somehow fit together well, and we just we everything every decision each one of us makes is the same decision the other one would make. Maybe a little different, but it, it makes it nice having that. Um, so we're able to bite off a little more we can chew because we know that when we come out of the other side, we're going to be okay. Cause we're going to take care of each other. Um, so, you know, and we just have fun doing it. I mean, and there's days where it's like miserable and you're like, how is this? But then you think about it. It's like, this is awesome. This is part of the journey. This is what we love. This is what we chose to do. And this is all going to be worth it. And then that gives you that strength and to get through and be like, you know, what's next, let's take on the next thing. And, and to really answer your question, this is our life. This is what we love doing. <laughs> I mean, this is, I mean, occasionally we get out and have some fun, but this is what we enjoy. We enjoy coming here. We enjoy, you know, just doing what we do every day. You were listening to Jay Sanderson of Island Tactical on Stringfellow Road in St. James City. Jay and his business partner, Steve Soloway, speak of what they did immediately after Hurricane Ian and how they recently celebrated a grand opening or reopening of their store. You will hear their dedication to the island and passion their customers. You will learn their commitment to providing great product and services while loving what they do and having fun. They'll share with you the many plans they have for growth on Pine Island. And now, here are Jay and Steve. Jay and Stephen, thank you for joining us. Do you like Stephen or Steve better? Uh, Steve. Steve. Normally. We call him Big Steve. Only when you're mad at him. Yeah, if you're mad at Steve, Stephen, Stephen Joseph, really. (laughs) Oh, that's good to know. Well, thanks for joining us on the Pine Island Experience Podcast. We really appreciate it. Um, We're going to start off with a little bit of background from you, if that's okay. I know that when this, and and unfortunately, what hit you was Ian right after you'd moved. And that was about a year ago when you reopened here. You came from Bokelia. We were, we, yeah, we were in Bokelia. We opened November of 21. And then, uh, I mean, I'll just get right into it. The, it was just like any other storm and we're, you know, we locked everything down. We had hurricane shutters and, you know, we secured everything, but just like every other storm, you kind of think, is it, is this the one? Is it not the one? Is it, is it worth, you know, pulling all the firearms out and getting them into a secure location? And then it's a nothing burger. And then we got to spend two days getting everything back in. So, uh, then it ends up being the one. <laughs> and uh, Steve and I don't live far apart. And so first thing we did, as soon as the winds calmed down, is commandeer a boat and get out here and get the firearm secure and assess the damage. That was um, requested by the ATF. Yeah, the ATF called us pretty much right away. And, and uh, you know, we requested an escort out here, but we didn't realize the extent of the damage out here. So we came out to total chaos and pandemonium. Um, when we got home, I think we both a little bit shell shocked. I have some military experience and it wasn't the same, but it was. Um, and so when I got home, I think he had a similar conversation with his family is, 
we got to get back out there. This island needs us. Um, yeah. You know, so we, we came right back. That had to have been very rough. I know they didn't even want people. They wanted you, but they didn't want people with boats even coming, you know. And it, it, I heard it was just so awful. Well, FEMA wasn't overly helpful. They didn't want, they wanted everyone to get off the island when everyone on the island. This isn't Sanibel, right? Sanibel, um, they're, they're a little bit, they're not as hardy, right? The people on Pine Island, they were never going to leave. I mean, especially the people that they have their livestock out here, they have their horses out here, they have, you know, they've been here for a hundred years, their families, they're not going anywhere. Um, and that was very apparent. And, you know, fortunately, the governor stepped up, but Jay and I, we were running supplies back and forth every day. My uncle, my aunt and uncle have a place out here and we were allowed to steal their truck and fortunately had a full tank of gas. So um, we used that to haul materials from from Matt Lachey down to the center and, you know, just gave everything away. Yeah, the caveat is we have a real estate office in Matt Lachey Isles that's on the water. So we were able to utilize the canal system um, in the back of our office. And then Steve has a great relationship with the one of the managers at Publix, and she let us get in there to buy supplies to bring it out. So Before the store was even before open. Before so they opened the store. Publix really stepped yeah, up. Yeah, Publix help. stepped up massively. And we were we got pictures of truckloads. And we turned the old store into like a, it was like a mini mart. Um, pulled the guns out, pulled the ammo out, um, gave away what we could, and then got in. We had everything like diapers and cigarettes and beer and food. And we served 4,000 meals out of that store. Yeah. Um, we, we got a grill from our, from our former partners, house Nick. And we kind of, we kind of jerry rigged it and got it back together. Cause it was in like five pieces. Um, and then we pulled a propane tank from off the Island. And so we were grilling out, uh, our buddy Nick that owns a mechanic shop up in Cape Coral. He didn't have power, so he couldn't even work on all the cars that were damaged. So he's like, well, I might as well come out there. And he ran the grill at the shop for, what, four or five days, something mm-hmm. like that? Wow. About a week um, straight. Yeah. yeah, everybody really stepped up, didn't they? I mean, yeah. it, was, it was pretty locally. awesome. Yeah. Oh, fabulous. It seems like there was a general misunderstanding of the determination and resilience of Pine Islanders and their desire to immediately begin restorations, which required them to return to the island. Yeah, I mean, we weren't ever going to let them tell us we couldn't come out here. And I don't think that, I don't think people really tried to stop us. You know, they were saying, oh, you can't go, you, you know, it's off limits, whatever. You know, we'd get out here and we know a lot of the law enforcement guys. I can tell you the Mississippi police guys in their airboat, those guys are first class. Yep. Those guys are the shit. Sure, yep. Oh my gosh. We're on yep. that airboat. It is so loud. It is so fast and it can go anywhere. Yep. It was, those, guys, those guys were clutch. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people stepped up. Um, it was just, it's one of those experiences that, you know, never in a million years would I ever want to lose, a, you know, our business. We didn't lose the business, but the location essentially. Um, and I would never choose to go through that, but us going through that, I mean, it created bonds, friendships. You know, I consider some of these people I met through that family now, and I didn't know him before, and I feel like I've known him a million years. And, you know, him and I were stuck together 18, 19 hours a day for, like, probably six months, really. And, you know, our wives joke that we see each other more than we see them, which was true. And, you know, the, just that those relationships that were gained through that are bonds that can never be broken. So, you know, 
we say F Ian, but Ian really created a lot of happiness and through through the terrible parts of it. But there's so much that came of it that we're that we're proud of. Yeah, we saw that too. Everybody became a lot closer. Yeah, it didn't matter your political affiliation, your race, creed, ethnicity, nothing mattered after that storm. It was like, where can I get the cold water and where can I get the cold beer? <laughs> well, and- yeah. <laughs> and it was people like you with the local businesses that stepped up really, really well, like um, in the Baptist Church mm-hmm. and the American Legion. Yep. And you could just run in there and get tarp. I yep. mean, ice. Yeah, Aaron did a phenomenal job down at the American Legion. Yep. And him and I have become like brothers. Um, we started the Greater Pine Island Alliance. Um, so Island Tactical and the Legion kind of found their way to each other. And then we were like, we need to have make this official and so we started the greater pine island alliance with the which is the long-term recovery group on pine island um so we're we're in the process of preparing um you know readiness is our biggest thing for whatever's next and so we're um you know we meet three or four times a week this is actually a physical location currently for it because (laughs) we're in the process of getting a another location down the road but aaron was phenomenal through all of that and um you know and we've watching all of the organizations unite together and um you know the Matlache hookers unbelievable, unbelievable. organization yeah. and stepped up and brian the unsung hero of all this and he'll hate me saying his name but brian over at fine swine um brian crowley holy cow did he do he donated food and he's he donated his property to do fundraisers and you know what an amazing guy that i had no idea who he was before the storm now i consider him family like you know, it's just unreal what happened. And his and his barbecue is fire too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he cooks pretty good barbecue. Yeah. The only problem yeah. with fine swine, and I'm gonna put it out there, and he knows there's no Miller Lite at fine Uh-oh. swine. Oh, needs to change that. It's gotta be rectified. Yeah. Well, our first um, podcast after Ian, um, we interviewed Joanne Lumbo. She's in our neighborhood, um, and she was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. She she yep. knew how to work the government and and help people. And one of the things she said was what you've done. She said, we need a readiness plan on this island. There wasn't a readiness plan. I'm glad that you put that together. She'll be happy to hear that. Yep. She, so we, I've met with her. I mean, I see her by way and then she's down at the Legion a lot, um, helping out. But, uh, yeah, so greater, uh, the, the, the water, uh, greater pine on water. We meet with them. The fire department's part of that committee. The sheriff's office is part of that committee. So, it's evolving. Um, we're already here. I mean, hurricane season is what nine days away. So, um, you know, we're working hard and diligently to get something planned together. And the biggest, you know, the biggest thing is, is communication, which we're very fortunate where we're at. Our Island tactical is at is, um, we're centrally located. So, um, we can operate as a non-government EOC. Um, they don't call it an EOC. It's an AOC, um, area operations center, but we can, where we're at, we can be a central communication center and help get the communication out. Cause that was the biggest problem after the storm was we were down here in Bokelia. We had food and water and supplies. And I talked to people and they're like, what you really, we didn't know we could go there to get that. Like, that's crazy. I wish we would have known that. So we have to do a better job of getting the communication out and we're working on that. And there's some really awesome ideas out there. Well, and where, and where we're at now and like Kristen Gustin at millennium uh, physicians here, she was out here and her and she was out here every day and she was treating people. She was bringing medicines out here. Um, 
Jay, Jay spent a day and a half just getting that place up and getting power in there. Um, brought a space AC that was in my garage out here so that there was some sort of air conditioner in there. Um, but she was, she was, she really awesome. stepped up. Yeah. I mean, she's our sign that we spray painted right here is still out there. And I, I dread the day I'm going to have to take it down probably sooner than later, but it's still pretty, it says med clinic on it. And I cherish that day that we put it up. My father and I did it. And it was just one of those, like we did it. We had, we put it in the ground. We're like, we're ready for patients. And that was like, 12 hours after the winds calmed down, you know, or 24 hours after She's the winds calmed down. people up yeah. that were cut up. And oh, yeah. We were full triage over there and wow. full transport. We had his uh, aunt and uncle's SUV that we were transporting people with. We communicated with uh, the fire department and said, hey, bring your bring your stick here. We got them. We can take care of them. And, and then Kristen just ran with it. And it was, I mean, just watching people perform. It was literally, I'm telling you, like a military type experience where you just drop all the BS and you just do your job. Right. And that's what it was. It was awesome. Well, the fire department too, did they step oh, they're, up? Yeah, oh, those are, they're awesome people over they there. Were, they were patrolling our neighborhood saying, and stopping and mm-hmm. saying, not just saying, are you okay? Can I, can I carry that for you? I mean, mm-hmm. unbelievable yep. how, how they help. Well, yeah. Matt Lachey, Pine Island Fire Department. So I live one street outside of Matt Lachey in Cape Coral. So my physical address is in Cape Coral. Um, but the, they couldn't get over the bridge, so they couldn't. The people, the station that is right there that services Matt Lachey, um, they were out there with chainsaws cutting the trees out of my road so I can get it, so we could just drive down the street, you know. Um, and that's not even their area. They, I mean, they went above and beyond. All everyone did the the police, the fire department, you know, just regular people. It was it was pretty incredible. I can tell you, Williamson Brothers. I mean, I never want to see them pull up with a dump trailer at my house again because they dropped <laughs> off the biggest dump trailer full of water and supplies and bleach. And, <laughs> and, 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 and they said, they said still hey, we're dropping bleach and supplies in his garage. That's why uh, we're, we're, we're dropping. No, no, we got it. We gave it all to that church. Remember? Oh yeah. That's um, right. But so they drop off this trailer load and the guy goes, he goes, it just needs to get out of this truck. I'm dro- I was told to drop it off here. And I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> this is, ridiculous but i mean i bet i bet they dropped off twenty thousand bucks worth of supplies in that trailer and then we had to boat it we boated about half of it out here but once they opened that bridge then i we gave it we just loaded it up in the truck and took it to the church um and let them deal with it get it out of my garage yeah but i mean you can i have a i have a two-car garage that you couldn't walk it was so full of supplies from um, all over the country. Toilet paper to dog and cat food and, you know, canned goods, um, fuel, you know, that pre-mixed fuel that's $100 a gallon. It was... You were helping so many people. You know, but, I mean, just everybody. Um, the, and Jay, Jay uh, he got to know the Williams guys pretty good. Yep. Um, but they... Good dude. Yep. They dropped off. They dropped off more than anyone else, at least at, least at my house. I couldn't believe it. I was going to say, if it's kind of segue to a standard question. So then how did both of you discover Pine Island? And we, we ask that because if you tell people or many people that you live on Pine Island, they have no clue where it's at, <laughs> even if they live in Florida sometimes. So it's always interesting to figure out how people kind of discovered the island. And then if you can segue into then deciding to set up a business on Pine Island. So for, for me, I've been coming to Pine Island. This is the first place I ever came in Florida. My grandparents... Um, built a condo in uh, Captain's Harbor 
um, in the Bokelia side, all the way down there by by Lazy Flamingo. Okay. Um, so I've been coming down here since I can remember. Um, I think they built their condo in 1983, and that's the year I was born. So um, the, my youngest memory on Pine Island, I was probably five years old, going out in my grandpa's boat. Um, and we'd go out and break down every time. He couldn't. He would never buy a boat that would just run. <laughs> he would buy boats that would get you out, and then you'd get towed back. And I just, to this day, I just can't understand why he didn't buy a motor that worked. But as a five-year-old, didn't you enjoy that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was, it was fine. You know, yeah, you, you get didn't to have the to beach. change the lower unit, or <laughs> you get you get to the beach, and then, um, and then sit there until you got to stay there until the towboat got there to take you back. So it was, it was good, really good memories out here on, on the Island. Um, and then I moved, I moved to uh, Florida officially in 1991. Um, and we lived in Port Charlotte and, and then hurricane Charlie knocked my house down there. So we moved from Port, I moved from Port Charlotte to Port Myers then to Cape Coral and then just working my way out to living on Pine Island. I'm one street away now, so the <laughs> next move, <laughs> the next, the, well, my wife and I, so my older brother's a general contractor, and he's going to end up building our house down here. Um, so, I mean, we're building a few other houses out here on the island, and it's super rewarding, yep. you know, just to help people get back, you know, what they've lost. Absolutely. And then how did you get so, so <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of a nomad. I uh, joined the military after September 11th. And so I <clears throat> lived all different places. I got my teaching degree and then ended up in the Keys teaching and my parents were snowbirds and they kind of hopped around places. This was like 20 or 2008, 2009. And um, they landed on Jug Creek finally in like 2010. <clears throat> I had a student who had his pilot's license. So he's like, I'll take you up to visit your parents. Cause I'd never, I didn't know anything about Southwest Florida. I'd only lived in Florida like a year at the time. So we land over at Pagefield. My dad picks me up and I'm like, so where do you guys live again? And they're like, Pine Island. I'm like, I Googled that, but it says it's like up in Tampa or something. <laughs> like, are we driving to Tampa? And I don't know. No. So we get out here <clears throat> and, uh, and I'm just, I was in awe. Cause I'm, I'm, I like the, I love the island life, but I don't like the super touristy island life. So when we came through Matt Lachey, I'm like, this is, I just got that feeling. This is my place. This is a place for me. And so they were in Bokelia. So I stayed with them for a couple of weeks. And then, you know, we went through <clears throat> some downsizing in the teaching industry at the time. And my principal uh, became the deputy superintendent here. And so he calls me, knows that there's might be some layoffs happening in Monroe County and that if I wanted to get ahead of it. And I always had a job in, in his district. So I said, sure, it's closer to my parents. So he set me up. I ended up being the head boys basketball coach at Ida Baker. And I was a teacher there for a few years and always came to Pine Island, visit my parents and boating and fishing out here and got to know a lot of the guys out here. Um, and it's just, you know, my kind of guys, I grew up on a farm in Michigan. So, you know, I love being out here and just being outdoors and, um, you know, Flash forward a few years, I ended up getting into real estate and investing and owning <clears throat> owning my own business. And uh, I'm playing golf with this guy and our our former partner, who we we still are really close friends with, but he owns a business in a foreign country now. So this is tough for him. But we're out playing golf one day, and 
we're just kind of shooting the breeze and we're like, we should open a gun shop. And we're like, yeah, that's a great idea. And like Pine Island. And so, uh, so we drove out here. I think it was that day we drove out here. And well, well, Nick said, he goes, well, I saw a vacant, that's a right. vacant spot yeah. right, right there on Pine Island road. Yeah. And um, so I told my wife, I said, Hey, you know, Jay and Nick and I are thinking about opening a gun shop. And so I've got a lot of ideas, right? <laughs> so I, and, Me too. and our and wives roll their eyes at us a lot. Right? And she goes, Okay, honey, you go open your gun shop. <clears throat> and so, like a week later, I, I come home and I'm like, Babe, we signed the lease on the gun shop. She goes, You did what? <laughs> I said, I told you that we were going to open a gun shop. She goes, You say a lot of shit. <laughs> So well, big, yeah, big ups to Nick. For kind of in the nineteenth hole when this idea. No, we were. I remember. I think we were on like hole two. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, remember, I remember this pretty distinctly. The nineteenth hole starts at hole one, correct? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Then you talked about it yep. for all eighteen holes. Yep. Then. Well, a lot of good things happened on the golf course. A lot of bad things, <laughs> also. But uh, yeah, big ups to Nick, our our former business partner, because he pushed it through. He really. I mean, we do talk. We have a lot of ideas. Steve and I own a ton of businesses together. It's it's wild how we've gotten to where we got and we're stressed to the max sometimes and tired, but it's all for, you know, something to leave our children really is what I think we both feel, feel like, but, but Nick really pressed this through and he made this happen from the get go and doing all the bureaucratic stuff that him and I aren't really that good at. And so, um, so he was a big part of starting this and helping with it and getting it going. And, um, and so it was, it was a cool, it was a cool journey. It happened fast though. It's unbelievable. It seems like a different lifetime. <laughs> so what are some of the goals now that you've decided to open the business? Like as you began to imagine what it would be like and so forth and, and the services that you wanted to provide, kind of take us through a little bit of that. So our, I think our short-term goal is to make a profit. <laughs> um, there you go. <laughs> um, no, so, so the shop's doing really well, especially in this new location. It's doing, we're much busier than we were at the old location. Good. Um, so that's a huge blessing. Well, the building twice the size, right? Yeah, it's yeah. twice the size. We have a training room now. Uh, Jay is an NRA weapons instructor. So Jay's doing um, some some classes for concealed carry um, and, you know, just teaching people how to properly maintain their guns after you fire them. This is how you clean it. How This is how you safely handle a weapon. Um, I believe starting in September, we're going to start doing defensive tactics mm-hmm. classes. So something that's a little bit more advanced. So not just, Hey, this is how you handle a gun safely. And this is, you know, how you clean your gun. And this is how, you know, you do all these things. It's going to be another level beyond that, where, you know, if you're ever in a situation where you need to use your firearm, you know, this is best course of action. So that's something that we have in the hopper. Um, We have Liz, which she was a customer here and now she's a friend. She's got a private range that she, she lets us use. Um, for, for some training stuff. And she's an NRA weapons instructor as well. So mm-hmm. it works out very well. And she's former army as well. So she's very knowledgeable when it, when it comes to those things and a, and a huge asset. The big question we get and people are going to ask is when is there going to be a range yeah. on the Island? That was on our list. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was coming. We get it three or four times a week at least. So we, we like everyone else want to range. We, we personally, not personally, but business-wise, we need a range because we do gun repair and we do repairs here and we need to be able to test them and not have to drive to a range to be able to do that right. or pay somebody else. So having a range would be, you know, extremely beneficial to us. So 
we are working on it. Um, we were working diligently on it prior to the storm, but as you can imagine, it was awfully expensive to get this, get back to where we're at now. Um, but it is definitely in our long-term plan and we, you know, we, we feel very confident that we're going to figure out a way to get it done. There is some bureaucratic things that need to be, um, done and, and it's a half a million bucks yeah and it, there's a money two lanes so if anybody two out there wants shooting to lanes will cost us a half a million bucks. wow yeah. so if there's anyone that wants to invest in island tactical um <laughs> come on in we're, <laughs> welcome, we're welcoming you to come have yeah. a conversation to be but a part there have been several people that have tried it out here mm -hmm. in various ways and and been unable because of the bureaucracy and there's some red tape um so we're just making sure that we don't our efforts aren't fruitless. Right. So it, it's important that we do it the right way. And, you know, we check all the boxes that you're supposed to check with the government. And um, so we're going through some of that right now, preparing ourselves to when, when the time comes that we can't afford it, we can do it. You're smart businessmen. All your business, I mean, you're being even smarter. Yeah, trying. <laughs> yeah. So we can obviously see... Uh, new firearms, ammunition, you mentioned gun services, um, classes, any other service you offer? Do you deal in used weapons or? So we do consignment. We will look at anything. Uh, we get some pretty interesting stuff in here. That's kind of, kind of one of the things we pride ourselves on. If we're still talking about the gun side of things, cause Steve's, I know itching to talk about the fishing side. Sure. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> but one of the things we pride ourselves on is having, you know, kind of an interesting, uh, you know, array of, of guns. And so it's not, we're not the traditional gun store. You walk in and you see 30 of the same gun and you know, it's all black guns. And so we get some pretty, pretty cool stuff in here and, and we'll take it in on consignment or we'll buy it straight out from people. Um, so, I mean, if you look around, you can see some pretty cool stuff. We got a Tommy gun sitting right behind me. We had a Tommy, another Tommy gun up that is my personal gun that I took home last night actually. But, uh, you know, we've got some pretty cool, um, if you're a gun enthusiast, uh, some pretty cool stuff. Um, and so guys bring it, there's some pretty cool guns on the Island that guys bring in here. It does seem to be kind of heavily armed, uh, <laughs> in general. <laughs> we are a cache of weapons. There is no doubt about that. And people just drop in to look, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Oh yeah. And, yeah. and a lot, a lot of the guys out here, like the, the old timers that are on the Island, they just come in here to BS with you, right? They'll, they, they're not coming in to buy anything. They just want to chat. And with that was our vision from the very beginning. Yep. yep. That so was our vision. We want, and we want to, we want to expand the shop and, and, you know, our goal, our long-term goal is, is to, is to keep growing it and adding more things. Like I want, we want to bring in kayaks for people that want to do that, you know, stand up paddle boards, that, that type of thing. Um, one of the things that Jay and I've been talking about, there's not a dive shop out here. Um, I, I've been diving since I was, you know, 12 years old. Um, and we go down to the Keys and we do free diving for lobster and spear, you know, do some spear fishing and all that stuff. There's nothing like that to service people that want to do that on the island. You got to go to Cape Coral or Fort Myers. So um, that's stuff that we've been talking about is bringing in dive gear, getting certified to, to fill dive tanks, okay. um, you know, and, and kind of expanding that we want to be like a total outdoor store, you know, not like, not like ball and bat sports, but like outdoor, you know, you know, outdoorsman type sports. So, you know, hunting, fishing, um, boating, 
all that stuff. Like a like a Bass Pro Shops, but yeah. about a third of the size and way less corporate. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, we don't. Yeah, we. We are not corporate guys by any stretch. Yeah, we're not. We're not looking to to have a customer just be a number. We want. We actually want to know the people that are coming in here. Um, and sometimes that's that's hard if you only come in once every six months. But the guys that come in, you know, weekly or you know every other week, um, we for, we for sure know those guys. Um, you know, by name, and that's how we want to keep it. Well, I saw your post yesterday about the tent tent equipment, yeah, camping. We, equipment. we do camping and yeah. stuff. It's all special order right now, but we can we get camping equipment in, and we do have guys that order that, and you know, it just makes it easier than having to drive all the way to Bass Pro. You got to go to a Stero. You can just come in here, and we can have it in a couple days. Wow, and you have a lot of new apparel, fishing, yeah. fishing. Yeah. So, so the fishing side, like. I, so I love fishing. Um, right now, a lot of this stuff is special order. We're never going to be like Pine Island Bait and Tackle or Bait and Tackle. They've got a, a great selection, of all high end stuff. We want to be more of like the average guy, you know, that goes out fishing. That you're not going to spend a thousand bucks on a, on a rod and reel. Um, we want to just cater to the everyday people. And if you want something super high end and you want to buy it here instead of there, we'll 100% order it for you but we're not going to carry $700 reels in here. That's just not going to be in our bag. Um, that's something that they do down there and they do a really great job of it down there. And we're super happy for, for them to be successful down there. Um, I think who we're trying to cater to is, you know, more of the average guy that they go, they go fishing, you know, once a month or a couple of times a month. They're, they're not, you know, living and dying by it. Um, but, you know, if you, if you work Monday through Friday and you like to go fishing on Saturday, you know, we'll have that kind of gear and, and then we'll see and we'll see how that side develops. Um, we're working on, we've talked to a bunch of charter captains that that are going to let us start booking charters for them. So if people want to go offshore fishing um, or you want to do an inshore trip, stuff like that, that we can facilitate booking those trips for people. Um, that's something that we're going to have kind of a menu put together in the next in the next couple months that we'll be able to start booking that for people. So if they come in here and they, they're on vacation and they want to go, they want to go offshore 50 miles. Um, Captain Enzo, um, he's a, he's going to put you on fish. I mean, I've been out with him several times and you might not go out if you want to catch big grouper and that's what you're going for. Maybe that's, it's just not the day for that, but he's going to put fish in the boat, you know, whether it's mangrove snappers or American red snappers or, or whatever, he's going to find fish. You're going to catch. Plus you can probably match people to captains, you know, right. Um, by what they want. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So if, if you, I mean, if you want to go inshore and you want to, like, if you want to go on a tarpon trip, you know, we're going to get you with a guy that that's what they, that's what they're doing. You know, if you want to go catch shark, um, I mean, we have a buddy that does, uh, that does beach shark, fishing uh charters right so you don't even go on a boat you just go out and catch shark and i mean i've seen them take people to um the mat lache bridge to, to take them out to you know fort myers beach wherever is yeah he just knows where the shark are at that time and and they get them on the beach and it's a pretty awesome experience and people are really into it wow so this year is probably kind of an anomaly with the uh, yeah. ian cleanup and so forth but um 
in the past, did you notice a seasonal bump? I mean, I think a lot of what you're referring to seems to be because people like to stay on the island, right? And they like to go to island businesses. So I, it seems like a lot of this is certainly oriented to the residents are here a lot, but now kind of an expansion into, I mean, when I hear like some of those things, it sounds like, you know, you mentioned somebody on vacation kind of thing. So in sp- expanding in to take care of some of the seasonal traffic that does exist here. We, we get a lot of we get a lot of vacationers in here or snowbirds that are not residents. And okay. because of the current gun laws that we have in the state of Florida, <clears throat> there's some prohibitions for them to purchase firearm. So we get them to come in, but there's nothing they can buy. So kind of the other side of the shop that we've grown into with the apparel and the fishing and, and kind Coast of, you Elmar. know, coasted, we sell coasted Del Mars now, sunglasses. So kind of getting into that aspect a little bit or, for that demographic. So they can still come in and look at the firearms and handle them. And, you know, they can purchase ammo, but maybe not purchase firearm. They can still shop here. And so, you know, from a business standpoint, capturing that demographic that was shopping at our store already. um, We just now be able to provide some goods and services to them specifically. Mention a lot about the gun safety, and if I miss it, my apologies. Do you do concealed weapon or or classes in that genre as well? Yes, sir. So I... I'm an NRA certified instructor. So um, right now we're only teaching the basics of pistol safety. It's okay. an NRA certified class. It, it does qualify in the state of Florida to, for you to get your concealed weapons permit. It is not the same class you get when you go out to the, you know, the um, gun show. It's, it's a, essentially, we break it up into two days. It's an eight hour course. We spend about six hours in the classroom and about two hours at the range. Um, you have to hit, uh, four targets, five times each. You get as many shots and as much time as you need to do it. I haven't had a single person not do it. So it's a little intimidating for people that have never shot a gun. I get all sorts of different uh, levels of, of, you know, experience from guys that have been shooting their whole life, have military training and just want to brush up or they come with their wife and, you know, their wife has never shot a gun before. And we get, we get everybody qualified. Um, and so it's a, it's a really, really, really good class. And I love teaching it because it keeps me current and, you know, being as busy as we are, you know, I don't practice necessarily what I preach all the time. So me teaching that class makes me practice what I preach. My firearms are clean, clean because we clean them every time we go through the <laughs> class, I bring my own stuff in. So it's cool. Um, and then Steve had mentioned that we're going to be doing some tactical oriented classes in the fall. So I'm going to class this summer to learn and to be qualified to teach those classes. So defensive tactics, um, defense of the home. Um, I really like to focus on people learning how to use a firearm in a, what I call a tactical situation. Um, You get yourself into a little sticky situation. You took the basics of pistol safety. We didn't teach you how to draw a firearm out of a holster. We didn't teach you how to carry it at, you know, wherever you happen to carry it concealed. So that class is specifically for that, is learning how to defend yourself in a concealed situation. Um, And then defense of the home, that's a really good one for like realtors or home inspectors and, you know, obviously homeowners at home, but, but a lot, a lot of people don't realize that they're in situations that uh, where they need to have some tactical awareness and they don't. And, you know, there's some crazy people out there and you find yourself alone in a house and you could be just alone and someone comes in off the street because they saw you go in. And so just be having that awareness and then knowing what to do if you get yourself into a situation and just being prepared. And we hope, you know, hope you never have to use it, but you have it if you need it. 
Yeah, and not to be paranoid, but it seems like 15, 20, 30 years ago, that was kind of a minor concern. Mm -hmm. um, but it does seem to be a growing concern that what the safety of the home is, it, it unfortunately, has kind of become a little bit of an oxymoron. Mm -hmm. And I do think more and more people are concerned about that. But to your point, just buying a gun isn't enough. No, it isn't. I mean, there are still, okay, so we have a stand your ground or whatever it's mm -hmm. called, but there are still laws around that or certain situations that you need to understand. Yep. And then to your point, it's one thing to be standing at a range and fire a firearm. I think it's completely different when somebody's standing across from you yep. and threatening you or, or threatening your family. And it sounds extremely interesting and, both, and valuable as well. Stress is an incredible thing and it can be a tool or it can work against you. And so you know, there's no amount of training that's going to prepare you for what you're going to encounter. You right. just have to accept that. So you have to learn how to deal with that dopamine or that uh, adrenaline dump. And once you learn to deal with that and you, you know, that first time at the range, when we go to the range, you see, you can tell when people have never shot a gun before because that adrenaline dump happens and they're shaking and breathing hard. And, but that's what we're there for. We learn, we help you learn to control the breath, control that, you know, the recoil and your follow through. And then that's the first step. And then so when you come to that tactics class, you're going to take what you learned in the basics class and you're going to hear the same things about breathing and breath control and follow through. And, and <clears throat> you know, once you do it a few times and you learn how to deal with that, that, you know, adrenaline dump, and that's really what it is, is when you're in a stressful situation, you know, you get tunnel vision and you have, you know, you just have certain bodily functions that happen that you can't control. But once you learn to deal with those, um, you become very proficient. And then, so when that ha situation happens, whatever it is, you know how to control that part of it. And then you can react to what's happening in front of you, which is paramount. Um, and you know, in whatever situation arises. Well, I, there's going to be a huge, I, I, I'm sure there's a huge need for that right now. And, and you add to that people don't want to leave the Island. Right. So, well, locally speaking, you know, after the storm, so one of the policies of the fire department and first responders and police are that they must evacuate when their zone is, is evacuated. So when they, when the Island zone was evacuated, they left and they let people know you call 911, there's nobody coming. And it's an important thing. It sucks, but it's an important thing because we can't afford to have something happen to them because they're no good to us after the storm, if right. they're not able to help. So you know, it was kind of, you're on your own for a couple of days because no one expected the bridge to wash out. And it took, took a little bit of time to get some first responders out here. So learning those things and just having those tools in your toolkit are important for situations like we had locally. And then to speak to your point about the, you know, home statistics and, and people feeling a little less safe. I think actually the stats have gone down with violent yeah, crime okay. and stuff, but because of social media and news and all that, we see a lot more of it, okay. which is fine. I think awareness is awesome. And so <clears throat> if it puts a little bit of that little bit of fear in you to motivate you to go out and get some training, then great. It's a win-win because now you have the training and that could be one life that's saved that, you know, wouldn't have been saved before. So, um, you know, it's exciting. And, uh, you know, one, the main thing that we believe here and everyone or not everyone, but there's a lot of people that you know, oh, the last thing we need is more guns or a gun shop or so on and so forth. Our primary goal here is safe gun ownership because guns aren't going away. So we want to be an advocate for safe gun ownership. And, and you know, we want to stand for that. We don't want 
an, you know, untrained person owning a firearm. We, you know, it's your personal responsibility to train yourself and be a responsible gun owner. And we want to walk with you in that journey. Wow, that's fabulous. Well, and I would say that 99.99% of people are never going to need to use a gun to for personal protection. Right. But it's a tool that if you ever need it, it's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. Um, I've carried a gun on me every day, everywhere I go, unless it's a prohibited place to carry um, for as long as I can remember. And I have never one time pulled it out because I was in fear. So I've never needed it. So, so far to date, I've never needed it. But if there's one time that I'm at church or I'm at the grocery store or getting gas or whatever it is that there's some, some psychos in there. Um, I'm going to defend myself and the people around me. Um, and so I think that's a decision that people need to make too. If you, if you don't think that you're capable of shooting someone, you should not have a gun period. You shouldn't have it on you. Maybe, maybe you enjoy sport shooting or going hunting and all that stuff. And that's, that's one thing. If you don't think that you're capable of making that decision when that decision is there to be made, then you shouldn't have a gun because all you're going to do is, is give the bad guy another gun. So, I mean, that's something that people really have to search their soul. Right. And to me, for me, if it's either them or me, it's going to be them. Right. And that's, and that's kind of where I'm at. And I know Jay's in that same place It's the last thing that you're ever going to want to do. And if you ever, if that ever happens, you're probably going to be seeing a therapist for the rest of your life. But, you know, if it means my family's going to be, you know, home safely that night, that's what. So you guys have mentioned multiple businesses. You have family lives. What do you do when you're not working on the businesses and anything for relaxation? You mentioned like in fishing. So fishing out here probably is one of them, but other things that you do when you're not, um, Driving the business here. The chicken shack. <laughs> we have lunch once in a while yeah, at, yeah, an actual, yeah. at an actual restaurant. Yeah, Burt Store Tavern. <laughs> yeah. uh, we call it the chicken shack. Yeah. We, uh, we used to golf a lot. Um, we talk about it all the time, simpler days, but you know, the storm really changed a lot of things. My house took on quite a bit of damage. We had about $160,000 worth of damage. So we're just starting to get, we just moved into our master bedroom. So that's good. So we're starting to check things off you know, things that needed to get done that have taken eight months. Um, we've hired some people recently um, in our construction company. We hired a, um, a pr production superintendent, essentially. And so that's taken a little bit off our plates. So as things get back, to, well, I'm never going to call it normal, but, you know, hopefully we can start doing some of those things again and spending some more time with our family and a little vacation, being maybe. a little more social. Yeah, I think the first day him and I, took the day the same day off was memorial day no i would say we were we oh, both christmas. Work christmas yeah. and then memorial yeah, day christmas and memorial um, day but i mean it's i don't mind working and that's that's the thing like if you hate what you're doing then it's really tough to work 100 hours a week but like if if i'm here in the gun shop i like being here um i like talking like we have the water treatment company um, you know, home, like home water purification. That's a, that's a fun business. And you're legitimately helping people be healthy um, by taking all, all of the junk that's in our water supply out and given, you know, I mean, you can tell when you shower that it's better 
right? I mean, when you drink the water, it tastes better. So like, you know that, you know that you're helping people with the construction business, you know, you're putting people's lives back together and that's super rewarding as well. Um, buying and selling houses, that's, I mean, you're, you're, you know, people are building their future. And so everything that we're doing with whether it's the real estate brokerage or the construction company, um, it's all positive, right? We don't, there, and I don't think that we would ever own a business that would like negatively impact someone's life. So um, it, it's, it's just rewarding when you, when you can go out. And Long story short, we love what we do. Yeah. <laughs> and you like having fun when you do. Yeah. I read yeah, that we, about you. We you do have, have fun. A good time. Yeah. It's stressful, but <clears throat> you know, we were, it's, it's awesome that him and I just somehow fit together well. And we just, we, everything, every decision each one of us makes is the same decision the other one would make. Maybe a little different, but it, it makes it nice having that. Um, so we're able to bite off a little more we can chew because we know that when we come out of the other side, we're going to be okay because we're going to take care of each other. Um, so, you know, and we just have fun doing it. I mean, and there's days where it's like miserable and you're like, how is this? But then you think about it. It's like, this is awesome. This is part of the journey. This is what we love. This is what we chose to do. And this is all going to be worth it. And then that gives you that strength and to get through and be like, you know, what's next? Let's take on the next thing. And I mean, to really answer your question, this is our life. This is what we love doing. <laughs> I mean, this is, I mean, occasionally we get out and have some fun, but this is what we enjoy. We enjoy coming here. We enjoy, you know, just doing what we do every day. So maybe remind us of days and your hours so that uh, people that do want to drop by um, can. Uh, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And then Saturday, we are open 10 to 5. And recently, we decided to close on Sundays. Uh, we both go to church, and we just decided that that's, that's going to be a day for, if we're going to work, we're going to work from home, but it's going to be a day for family and, and God. Well, thank you. That was a good way to end, too. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Um, so thank you very much, Steve and Jay. Sure, of course. Yeah, it, it was a wonderful, wonderful time. And, and we, we need some good lot. repair, so we learned something, too. We got you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you, guys. Yep. We hope you enjoyed our Pine Island Experience podcast. If you have any ideas for us, people to interview, or any comments, please feel free to email them to us at pineislandexperience at gmail.com. That's pineislandexperience, all one word, at gmail.com. Don't forget to like us, and you may subscribe to this podcast using all the major catchers like... Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Thanks again for listening, and remember, island life is a constant vacation. We'll see you on the next podcast.